0: Did you know that the longest in-game session of Football Manager was in 2017 and the player played for 221 years? You're listening to the Xbox Hub Podcast, the official podcast of the XboxHub.com. For the latest Xbox news, reviews, videos, and opinions, make sure you visit thexboxhub.com. But for now, settle down, get comfy, and open your ears for some podcast delights. Hello, and welcome to the Xbox Hub official podcast, episode 185. My name's Gareth Bryan. I'm going to be your host, and on my virtual left is Mr. Darren Edwards. How are you doing, Darren?
1: Hello, good evening. I'm very
0: well. How are you? Very good, thank you. And on my virtual right is Mr. Paul Renshaw. How are
2: you doing, Paul? I'm doing all right. Thanks, Gareth. I'm just uh, looking forward to getting Darren's thoughts on the uh, autumn statement that the Conservative uh, unveiled and <laughs> what good news it's going to be for us all. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, we do. Have that. That's why I've got Darren on the left and Paul on the right. Excellent. Uh, OK. Um, it's, we're not going to comment about that. Me and Darren. Just rip it apart and it'd be awful, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> really. uh, that sounds like you're banging uh, up on me. No, it's not. It's not not, not you, <laughs> you.
2: Not you. lefty lovers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, good, gentlemen. How's your week's been? Let's, talk, let's start with Darren. How's your week been?
1: Uh, yeah, not too bad, thank you. So, back to work after a week off. Um, so, not had chance to do much else, really, but we started watching some of the classic Doctor Who stories because for Doctor Who fans, they've launched the the Who Universe, they've called it, which I think was a, a fan Coined phrase, and they've uploaded all of the old stuff onto the iPlayer, and there's hundreds of hours worth of stories there. So it's quite an impressive and exciting thing for for Doctor Who fans like myself. So we've been picking some classic stories um in the build up to the the new sixtieth specials, which start on Saturday. So I've been enjoying that. But otherwise, yeah, just back to work. Really settling in for the for the peak season.
0: Oh, good. um Paul, you're a big Doctor Who fan.
1: I'm
2: really not. No. Um, you know, because I'm not 12-year-old. So, um,
0: <laughs> your yeah, I mean, it,
2: it, <laughs> hey, shut your face. Um, the, they've never got better than Tom Baker, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, when he stopped being Doctor Who, I kind of lost interest in it. Um, but anyway, let's not try and hijack my week. We're yeah. talking about Darren's rubbish. No, sorry, um,
0: let's,
2: get me yeah, so let's get to the podcast. of let's get the podcast. It's health update time um i went and had my eyes looked at i may have mentioned it last week on the podcast that i was going um i've had the results back and i still have signs of diabetic maculopathy which basically means that the blood vessels in the back of my eyes are leaky um it's not got any worse over the last six months so that's good news um so i'm just gonna sort of keep on top of it i've had to cut out caffeine. I've had to just really watch what I'm eating, try and keep my blood pressure down. So, yeah, if I ever, if I never, ever see a chicken stir fry again, it'll be too soon. I am sick to the back teeth of bloody stir fry. But yeah, anyway, yeah. So, how's your week been, Gareth?
0: Well, I get worried about these health updates. One day it's going to take a really dark turn, and yeah, uh, that's, uh, and my legs fell off. Uh, yeah, yeah, I
1: worry that jingle we're going to prepare is going to cause badly <laughs> when that happens.
0: Yeah, um, um good. Uh, my week's been good. I've been busy, but I've watched two things. I'm going to talk about two things really briefly. And um, the first, but very really different things, we watched um, The Killer, which is a film on Netflix, um, by. <laughs> Um, Fincher, the director, I've forgotten his name, <laughs> David Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it stars um, Michael Fassbender, if I've got that right. Um, yep. And it's a kind of story, a film about a kind of hitman, about the kind of like the mechanics of a hitman. So it's this hitman doing a job and he sort of self narrated himself. Very much a bit like Fight Club in the sense of the writing. And it, the job goes wrong and he goes, and we see the repercussions of that over for two hours. I really loved it. It's really split people. This film, I think it's great. It's really good performances. Really kind of great. Some really nice writing, especially the self narration. And it's it's basically about a horrible human being. Really has no redemption features. <laughs> and um, there's some great kind of cameos, And there's Tilda Swinton. There's a great kind of moment in there. Uh, I really recommend that. Um, anyone sees that. But my other one to talk about, which I is a lot more fun, I think, and but really interesting is the new apple tv series which is monarch the legacy of monsters um so this is the new series that's sort of on the godzilla and all the rest of them um genre and w- the, the setup is it starts you know straight away into this kind of world where the sort of Godzilla attacks are a thing so this person's going through japan looking for their father we're well, looking for the the, the flat of the dead father and we sort of realized straight away there's sort of like signs everywhere saying if there's a god server attack you go here or you go there it's what you do so we know we're in a world where these kind of monsters exist um and then it sort of flips back to the past so sort of the 1950s um and it's kind of like Journey of trying to work out this right at the beginning it starts at Kong Island, but you sort of get these mixtures. But it's it, it, what I really like about it, it places you in this world without sort of set up or an explanation. I'm sure we'll get more of that a bit later on, but it's good fun, it's a really well done. It's um, Kurt Russell um, is in it really in the second episode that I watched at the end. But the great thing is that playing the younger Kurt Russell is his actual son really good he's been in a couple of things as well um it's it's really good fun it's really well put together i'm really enjoying it so far i've only watched two episodes because it's only been two out i think i think you two might enjoy that that sound good No, i like the sound of that yeah Yeah. i think you will yeah it's really good um
1: i uh so ryan's really into all that um Monsterverse stuff so we watched it i I didn't really take to it. I've got to admit, I maybe I have to go back and rewatch it. He loved it. But I, after the first episode, I was a bit like, mm, I don't know about this. Not for so, you. It's not fun. Not for me. It's fun. Yeah, not for you.
2: <laughs> um, I never thought of the other day that Gareth would tell Darren that something was not for him. Yeah, I, I know. You two are normally in sync. This
0: <laughs> <laughs> is the beauty of it. It's a beautiful, different opinions. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about games, what we've been playing. It's quite a quiet week, but to start us off with, I'm going to start because I've played a game called Worldless. And instead of me just talking about it first of all, why don't we hear this interview that I met up with with the developers?
3: Yeah, my name is Joel Rosette. I'm the main director of the game, created animations, particles effects, game design, basically things related to, to combat. Yeah, uh,
4: I'm David Sanchez, and I am the studio director for No Name Studios, and I'm also the, the producer for, for Worldless. Brilliant. So let's talk
0: about uh, Worldless, which is congratulations for the launch of your game. It's fantastic. Um, I always ask this, first yeah. of all, could you give us maybe your, your elevator pitch for this game? Do you know what I mean by the elevator? So, sort of like, how would you describe yeah. it to everyone? Yeah. Um, I don't know who wants to go first.
3: Yeah, sure. So it's kind of a mouthful, but basically it's a 2D game uh, action with a turn-based system for a combat uh, that is easily to explain in in visuals and trying it out that <laughs> in an elevator pitch. But the idea was to make something very unique in the combat system, exploring something very interesting uh, and something visually very appealing to attract, but then really get into the mechanics of the game. Um and could
0: you describe no, we'll go for that in a second. How did it all begin first? Or how did how do how far back did uh, Worldless begin, the sort of roots of it? Maybe David can answer this
4: one. Yeah, uh quite far back. Um so if we go back to when the idea was let's say conceived, this this goes back to almost ten years ago, uh because the idea basically was uh, was from, from Joel. And he had the idea of the game back in, when he was uh, at university. And then the story uh, basically is that at some point we met with Joel and, and Carlos, who is our, our other partner in the company, uh, in, a, in, a, in a company where we were working all together. Uh, and he explained us the idea. He showed us a little bit like some GIFs and some animations that he had been doing. Um, and then we we liked the, the game and it, it stayed like that, no. so we, it was just a cool idea and something that, that it would be super nice to, to work on together. And then fast forward three, four years later, uh, we meet again and Joel tells us, hey, so let's do a demo. I think I have everything clear. Let's try it. We create a, a demo which took us around six years, uh, six years, sorry, six months uh, with with us working after hours. no. So after finishing our, our jobs, we, we would work on the on the project. Um, and again, a little bit the same happened. No? So we finished the demo. We were happy with it. We thought it was cool. But then uh, we stopped working on it. And Joel stayed with the idea. And slowly, he he had the time to 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 move the demo around to to look for a publisher. And at some point, well, he he actually found a publisher who who was interested in the in the game. Um, and at that point, he came back again to us and he said, "Hey, so now we have a publisher. Now we have actually the." The financial muscle to to make the game. So should we make this game? We said yes and until today, you know, like that that's that's the story.
0: Oh wow, wow. And, and and Joel, is what was the difference between so you were kind of working at this with your other jobs and trying to work this in the evenings and spare time. When was the moment you could kind of like just focus on that full time?
3: Right. So yeah, initially it was just a hobby. I like doing action movesets, thinking in the design aspect, not just the animation, like why I'm doing this move, what purpose does it have, and stuff like that. So linking very tightly design and animation. Um, But yeah, doing this just for hobby, uh, staying with one idea that I couldn't take out of my head. So I I kept doing stuff with these kind of characters, finding some visual art style that could be manageable to do for like one person, and also visually interesting. Um, and once we did the prototype uh, it was the moment of okay, (laughs) let's be serious now let's be professional, how we actually do this, test it properly Mm. improve it and see the flaws on the in paper or something could be interesting, then in the game it's not actually, so trying to actually find what's the core of the game
0: Mm. Yeah Um, I'm a a massive fan of of visual storytelling in games and uh, in Worldless you haven't got Um, any text or any voiceover, Um, it's all told visually. Um, How important was that for you for that process? Um, Let's start with Joel, maybe, first of all.
3: Yeah, um, there's just a little bit of text, not too much, and it's very uh, ambiguous. Nothing is too concrete in the game. That's on purpose, uh, obviously. Uh, The other thing is we are very focused on gameplay, making the game fun having like an interesting setting something mysterious something that could attract you but not too much distract of the gameplay focus aspect so that's why we try to direct the narrative in this visually symbol symbolism uh things that you can interpret uh, leaving things open-ended so we don't uh put something exactly on the player on what exactly is happening they can discover what, whatever it is yeah. Um, and let's
0: talk about some of that um, gameplay mechanic because it's—I don't think I've ever played a game which has this kind of like almost platformy exploration side and then go into a turn-based combat. I don't think I've ever ever played anything like it before. How did the turn-based combat um, come about? Was that was that one of the first things or one of the later things? Um, I don't know who wants to answer that. David, do you want to have a chat about that?
4: I mean, I can answer it, but. Honestly,
3: these kind of questions, I think Joel is the Joel, best one to, to yes. answer them. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: uh, Joel, what do you think?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, for me, the gameplay combat was the core aspect. This Again, it was something that I just like it to think on um, what makes something fun in the combat purposeful. Uh, I usually don't like games that have like, a lot of abilities, but you actually have two that are uh, actually useful, and the other is just whatever, you know. Mm. Um, So this thinking process for me was very interesting. And the idea of the turn-based aspect was I really like when defending is actually important, but it's not like boring and it's just defend to not be defeated and yet that's it. In our game, we have a lot of upgrades and stuff where defending actually has an active role on progressing the, the combat. Very similar to Sekiro where you can parry. But actually, you are depleting the posture damage of the enemies, in warriors we have out of systems that will make you uh, improve the combat while you're defending. Um, yeah, it's 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 rewarding as well, which I find that's you. It's, it's difficult. It's tricky
0: to. It's not tricky to do, but it's tricky to get better at it, which is the point. But it's rewarding when you start to it clicks. Which yeah, is, it,
3: yeah, it has. Just to say very quickly, it has this initial curve, like you said, because it's a little bit new as a concept. Uh, Everything new has its own curve of adapting to the basics. So initially, we make things relatively easy. Just get familiar with all the mechanics, all the systems, and everything. Later on, we expand a lot on optional content that we make very tricky. So once you really get all the grasps of the mechanics, as you said, uh, we think it gets very rewarding once everything clicks. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: What other maybe games or films or or books or anything that's influenced you in the making of Worldless? Um, David, do you want to start? Or do you want to start, Joel?
3: Yeah. um, The very initial, uh, initially the art style was more traditional, like characters had faces, clothes and everything. But again, this during the animation process is extremely exhausting. It's not that easy to do it at high level. Um, and it's very scary, budget-wise. Mm. So I actually watched The the Fountain, the movie, uh, and it's so abstract, that movie, and so onirical and uh, etherical that because the plot was this very minimalistic and abstract setting, I was thinking, let's put the characters and everything in the same framework of minimalis- minimalistic style. Mm. So just the next day the, of watching the movie, I tried in Photoshop doing the animation of just a few dots uh, nothing very clear, no faces, none whatever, nothing that could give a lot of load work. And I found that it was very easy to do, very appealing and something very unique. So a good time, Yeah.
0: Good,
4: good. Um,
0: um, David, do you have anything to add to that? Anything you've influenced by?
4: Um, yeah, I, I think actually maybe something that we have not commented yet, is that we are very big fans of, of Metroidvania games. Even if we don't describe necessarily Warless as a Metroidvania, we are fans of, you know, like um, Hollow Knight and, and all, all these kind of games already. Um, and they have had a, an influence on on how we we created Warless. Probably more on the on the platforming side than on, than on the combat side, because of course the combat is quite unique. I mean, at mm-hmm. least I have not seen any other game yeah. yet taking this approach. Um, but the way the character moves, how it's easy to, 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 you know, to jump from platform to platform, how it flows, how the animations are well, well done, well linked one, one with the other, um, how it, it's interesting to learn things from the world uh, while, you, while you explore it, like uh, something that you do on, on Hollow Knight all the time. Um, I think those were really great influences that, that helped uh, develop uh, what Wordless what has uh, mm-hmm. ended being.
0: Yeah, brilliant um, i have got a couple more questions it's um, let's talk about the sound first of all it's it's kind of like your other um, amazing kind of element with the visuals and the, and the gameplay How did that collaboration is it is it uh, Berlinist
3: uh, yes yeah
0: how yeah. did that collaboration yeah. come about maybe first of all to
3: talk yeah about? I mean uh, I work on Greece uh, my brother is the creative director of Greece um, I work there helping just a little bit and met marco the main composer of Berlinist. And we, we were just talking and he's very hardcore player he likes a lot of from software games hmm. we were gushing off Sekiro and stuff uh and i showed the project that we had the, the prototype he was interested and he told me hey anything moves forward let me know and we just talked he was interested from the beginning and he has been uh a good catch Berlinist is amazing and they do an amazing job and I'm very grateful because he understands a, a lot of video games and it's very easy to work with him.
0: Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's really great, those collaborations, that just start to repeat themselves after a while. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it's really in sync, it feels really good. Um, I love this. What bit of advice, maybe we'll start with David on this, what bit of advice would you give to other um, indie developers, game developers working on a project from, like, from scratch like you? What, if you had one bit of advice, what would you say?
4: Well, I I think I probably have like a ton of spice, but um, for me, one of the most important parts in in any kind of project, and especially in video games, is that team needs to to be well communicated. So communication is really important in in teams because you need to understand what everyone is working on and why they are working on what and why they are maybe having problems on to actually keep things uh, advancing. And in our case, this was even more more important because we we are a 100% remote company, so Wordless was made 100% remotely because we we were born during the the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and that meant that we actually had to start like that, and it's been in our in our essence in the beginning. And for us, like defining properly how how people work together was super super important. And I think it's something that we took very seriously since the beginning, and it's something that um, definitely um, if you don't do properly, it's going to to make you uh, stop. To make like, it's not going to let you advance in, in the proper direction or or with the proper um, with the proper velocity. Mm. So I would say, yeah, take into account that you're a team, that you need to communicate, and that things need to to be done as a team since since the beginning. One of the big things, yeah.
0: Joel, you anything you want to add to that at all?
3: Sure. Yeah um from the creative aspect uh for me personally uh just do something that you want to do that's that makes work very easy uh because otherwise everything always is a stressful in video games so at least make it fun <laughs> to do um the other thing is uh i mean every game is its on wall but for our case we know we needed certain budget and certain time so we didn't rush to make the game without the proper resources in bad conditions not living well so we just waited and if things didn't come out it's not a big issue the game is not done that's not a problem uh, i just want to be happy doing the video game with the proper resources so um yeah just just don't push uh your health or anything uh doing something that is not manageable very good advice really good advice for all of us for everything. In life, I think. Yeah. Um, and
0: just the last question is: um, Can you can you let us know about any future projects that you're working on? Any kind of glimpses of something? <laughs>
4: mm. um, there's there's not much I can say at this point. No. Um, but yeah, we we are working on something. Great. We we already have an idea, which is quite clear at this point. Uh but yeah it's in you know, a really really early stage and for the moment there's not much more I can say. No,
0: fair enough. I always try to get something
4: out of you. But um
0: <laughs> uh, Joel, David, thank you, and congratulations again on Worldless for your launch. Is it out now? Um it's a, it's a great game, very unique, um, beautifully visual. Um and congratulations and thanks for doing the podcast.
3: Thank you, Gareth. Thank
0: thanks you. Bye bye. Bye. So there you have it worldless um nice to hear from them it's I've, I've i've given it a four out of five um it's a beautiful kind of piece of um visual storytelling um you start off as these two sort of it's the beginnings of a kind of a universe these two entities as we've heard kind of fighting but um and you kind of go through what's amazing about it like we said is it's that mixture of sort of platforming 2d platforming, and then suddenly you're doing turn-based battles that are really really interesting but Really hard. I think the reason I get at four, I think maybe a casual gamer like me, probably it's it could be quite. It's one of those games that has that kind of Souls kind of feel when you have to kind of learn the rhythm of a fight and learn how to defend and attack in that turn-based way, or and you could get quite unstuck quite quickly. Um, but it's a really great game. Um, I think people who are really kind of more au fait like Paul's son. Would really uh, would, would. I, I haven't found a game yet that he cannot do. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's
2: it's absolutely gutting.
0: Uh, you know. Uh, anyway, if it was him, I'd add another half star on top of that, four and a half out of five. Because I think it's really good. <laughs> because they find it really, and the challenge of it is very interesting. But it's great. There you go. Worldless. Um, Darren, what's your first game you want to chat about?
1: Uh, so I've been playing a game this week called Super Crazy Rhythm Castle. Um, and it comes from um, Konami uh, and it's essentially a rhythm action game so you um, are imprisoned in this castle and you go from level to level so there's it's like a little world map and each level is a different song that you play so it works a bit like Guitar Hero where the notes come down the track um, towards you and you've got to press the right button so you use the two bumpers on the controller and the x button and then if you want to switch up from normal to the pro difficulty the right um direction on the D-pads also thrown in there as well. And the songs are really good, like they're original, but they kind of tick loads of different genres. They're really catchy, really well produced. Um, but there's also some classics in there as well you can unlock. So I was playing um I think it was Vampire Slayer or something it's called from one of the old Castlevania games, which was brilliant and it you play it and then there's like a remix and stuff as well. It's just great. If you if you like music um, then you'll really really enjoy it. And there's a very, very light smattering of adventure in there as well in terms of how you go from level to level um, and you pick up different um, tools and stuff. So you might pick up like a pesticide gun to clear away some vines to get into the next level and, and stuff like that. So I'm really, really enjoying it at the moment, I've got to say. And you can then go into like a different kind of side room and challenge yourself to get high scores as well and you can, locally people can kind of drop in and out as well to help you or you can get your friends involved over the uh over the xbox live service so i'll be dragging somebody in to help me pull, potentially pretty sure i'm soon God, um right what have yeah, i ever done for you darren look look forward to that one um but no i'm really enjoying it it's it's one of those games that it's just really easy to pick up and play but it's really well produced the music kind of has the feel good factor and it's a great way to kind of pass a couple of hours so uh um, keep your eyes peeled for a review very soon
0: oh good any questions paul about that game
1: you'll be playing it soon.
2: um well yeah i, I can't wait um <laughs> I love the way that I get volunteered for these things as well. If it's not Darren going, oh, we'll get Paul to play it. It's Neil going, can you just play this? (laughs) Um, No, it sounds quite interesting. I mean, I do like a rhythm action game. I was a big fan of Guitar Hero in the day. Um, And I also love the the drumming game that was released not so long ago that I cannot for the life of me remember the name of. No. No. Uh... What, What was it called? taijin no futsukin or
0: something like that
2: yeah i might i might just make it up sort of We're random okay. syllables
0: but... we'll go for that i like that <laughs> yeah
2: it, it was it was something no something yeah and it was all japanese yeah um that's going to really bug me now that is uh, no, other than that, no further questions Your Honour. Good, I
0: don't think we ever had yeah, one question, it was good um, Let's <laughs> let's, do, let's talk about your game. This game I was looking at today actually, uh, The Last Faith, tell us about that Paul. The
2: Last Faith is quite an interesting game um, It's basically a cross between Castlevania and a Dark Souls game um, It does the annoying thing now that more and more games are doing where if you rest at a checkpoint for some bizarre reason all the creatures you've killed come back to life yes now obviously it's explained in dark souls it isn't quite explained in this game it isn't explained in many other games but anyway so what you've got it's a 2d platformer with a lovely sort of gothic pixel art style about it um it looks really good and there are many enemies and there is many fightings um and it's very difficult and i mean properly difficult even the little enemies can overwhelm you and kill you in an instant um and other than that you know it looks great the combat's really good it's really gory um you can do execution moves if you weaken enemies enough and they're absolutely brutal so i was a big fan of that um and yeah, it's the reviews live on the site now, and I'll invite guesses as to what score I gave it.
0: Four out of five.
2: Close. What's my favourite score, Gareth? <laughs> oh,
0: it's not four point five, <laughs> is
2: it? <laughs> it? It was four point five, and it was—I I did it—and wow. then gave it to Neil, and only then thought, "Oh God, here we go." So yeah, um,
1: four point five of anybody's money—it's really, really good. I'm going to look. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Darren. Sorry, Gareth.
1: In, in the spirit of the open statement, I'm going to make a graph of all the <laughs> games and what the scores you've given, and we'll share
2: it. As you can see, over time, games are getting better. <laughs> and that's all down to the Conservatives. <laughs>
0: uh, right. Good, Paul. Thank you. Uh, Darren, what's your... No, um... oh, it's me, isn't it? It's back to me now. Turn, oh, my word. Well, the good news is, before we go on to my other game, is I finished Alan Wake 2. And, oh, uh, love it. Do you know? I think best game of the year. Yeah, it's brilliant. Thank you, um, Paul. I think apart you, from all the others. No, I think you'll like Paul. Paul, I think you'll really like this because really, I didn't like the first one. Well, I think it's very different. I think it's basically Resident Evil, as in the way it, it moves and the way it controls. It's it's yeah, it's really good. Brilliant! It's brilliant! It's brilliant! It's, brilliant. it's a great time. I um, I must say that normally
2: me and you don't see eye to eye on games. So I'm surprised that you would try and
0: recommend it. (laughs) Well, I think it is. There's moments in it that are just, I mean, it's the best looking game of the year. Um, It's it's unbelievable. So just get, I think you'll have that experience. You've got to have that experience. to try it. Um, the game I am playing, because that's just a big shout-out. I mean, some of you might notice, James um, hasn't been on the podcast recently. Um, James Burks, who's a regular here, started the thing. He's just been very poorly, and he's getting better. He's on the mend slowly, so that's why he hasn't been on the po- podcast. So a big shout-out to James, if he's listening. He's probably not. Um, I'd say get better from all of us, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, And the other thing that I told him off about is every year he does the football manager review games and i'm having to pick it up this year because he's been (laughs) So i'm very annoyed uh so i'm playing football manager 24 which is it's hard because i i've played football manager before on pcs and i get it it's so addictive after a while and then you question your life and doing that, I'm doing the same thing <laughs> um, I've sort of done a couple of seasons already, I haven't done the review yet um, and it's, 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 it's great it does what it does, it's all these little tweaks here and there on the stats, but you know you're generally looking at stats and trying to <laughs> buy and sell players and simply look at the whole seasons and bits of your life go by very, very quickly so um, I haven't got much more to say at the moment, apart from I'm doing it thank you James um, for giving me this hell and i'm addicted to it and i'll get a review done soon i'm sure it's gonna be Uh, all right um good paul what's your next one and i'll go to my
2: next one i'm going to actually just take a brief moment there because you know i said the name of that game was bugging me yeah it's actually called taiko no tatsujin the drum master so there you go i may have just looked that up So, yes, it's very good. Anyway, if you've not played it, play it. Um, My second game is another Chemco retro styled JRPG just for a change. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many of these games I've reviewed. It's certainly upwards of 30. Um, This one is called Grace of L'Etoile. I'm assuming it's L'Etoile. That's how it's spelled. Um, and basically the story revolves around six creatures called Lutwells that were constructed in order to find a human partner and then have a massive fight and have one really strong one left at the end. So basically it's a, a JRPG retro styled. as I've said, you get your band together, you wander off, you try and find these other Lutwells and steal their they're called Surtzes, but I'm assuming it's like their heart or something. Um, and yeah, it's very much some more Kenko JRPG. Wow. Um, the review is, well, I'll probably write it when I finish chatting to you lovely boys tonight. Um, but it's, so far, it's on course for a sort of solid three and a half. It doesn't do anything wildly exciting, but... It doesn't particularly do anything wrong. It's just some more RPG.
0: Yeah. Good. I'm never gonna play one of these games.
2: No, you I I really you don't have I think to we need somebody. <laughs> we need somebody else to step up and do one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You okay. know,
2: we've got Darren now doing all the motorbike games, and I think you should do the chemco ones. Well, if you Aaron.
0: if you take the train games and then away from me, <laughs> no, I'm no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I've spoken to Neil, and oh. I'm only doing Triple A's from now on.
0: <laughs> uh, I like have been called Lovely Boys, um, Darren. <laughs> I don't know how I feel
2: about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Spencer Davis, Lovely Boys, Lovely Boys. Oh yes, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's one, it's one for the kids. Uh, (laughs) absolutely target demographic yeah um (laughs) um, Darren what's
1: your last game uh so my second game is uh called Trash is Fun um and it's from a Ukrainian uh team and essentially what you do is recycle rubbish really it's got a very kind of wholesome message around recycling and looking after the earth um and how it plays out is there's a there's only a handful of levels. really I think it's five And you've got different machines and you have to feed either trash or plastic bottles and create um, resources to keep the fuel running. Um, Or you might need to um, protect the integrity of the buildings from zombies which turn up in waves. Um, So you've got little turrets and you have to repair the barricades with materials as well. So it's almost like a bit of a tower defense game with a bit of crafting um, thrown in for good measure. And um, it's 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 all right. It it you know it's not very complicated. It's quite straightforward, but it is quite enjoyable. And it, the, the levels do get gradually more challenging as well. And um, so, depending on how much trash you recycle, and um, you'll get a bronze, silver, or gold um, coloured. which represents a a medal i guess for the level um and then you can also play uh, you can play locally as well so you can get somebody else involved and you can also play like a zombie like defense mini game which is just fending off zombies you don't have to craft anything you basically just make sure the waves of zombies don't get to your hq and take down the building however because it's a ukrainian developer on one of them there's like a little island i don't know if it's based off do you remember? was it called snake island at the start mm. of the war yeah, yeah. um and these these ships are coming in and you just have to chuck molotovs at them to sink them and then if the if the zombies get on to the land then there's a flamethrower but they've so some of them have got little zeds on the helmets so it's clearly right. referencing what's been happening over in ukraine and stuff so it's it's a it's a fun little game to be fair and um, it's very it, one of the features which made me laugh is is listed as easy achievements and Boy, they mean it. In the first two levels, just simply by recycling stuff, which is what you do in the game anyway, you'll have a 1,000 games score in about 10 minutes. So um, it has a wholesome message, so it's worth checking out, but it is very much what it says on the tin. There's no real hidden depths to it or anything like that. Trash is fun. Thank you,
0: Damn, <laughs> uh, It is, to be fair. It is yeah. Fun. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Um, let's move on to some news. We have got some bits, some... It's quite... Um, quite in the news but the, the one big news that we've got we want to talk about first of all is um paul's got a dilemma <laughs> and we're going to help him out um there's there's been a big ps5 uh, price drop i think it's almost 100 quid and it knocked off the price for this um, yep yeah which is a massive thing. is it only for black friday or is it going to be is that it now is it i believe it's only a black friday thing right so it's quite um quite a chance so paul's dilemma is should Paul buy a PS5? Paul, tell us what your thoughts are at the moment. What's your thinking? Well, my thoughts are
2: PS5, I haven't got one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I don't know how much of my desire is just like FOMO. Um, but, you know, there's games that you can only play on the PlayStation, isn't there? Mm. I mean, don't get me started on God of War. I've give up with that one. <laughs> um but yeah the ps4 is gone now because i've just got fed up with the sight of the thing um so yeah basically it's such a price drop it's actually cheaper to buy a ps5 in black friday than it is to buy a series x which is the opposite way around the usual Mm. um and you know the my dilemma is should i get one and play games just for fun, like some kind of filthy casual? Or do I just stick with the Xbox and play any of the 18 million review games (laughs) that we seem to have in the list at the moment? Now, Neil weighed in on the debate with uh, a pithy remark, I thought, where he just said, get your reviews done. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, But obviously, now that I've got you two boys here, I'm hoping that you can give me some advice do you think that I would like a PS5? Do I want a great big white monstrosity in my living room?
0: Darren, what do you
1: think? Um, I mean, <laughs> it it's, probably not gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to be very helpful, but I'm just intrigued to what's, what's with the sudden change of heart? Because normally you don't have very, let's say, complimentary things to say about our cousins who play Sony PlayStation, so is no, it no, I don't price, normally. It's good price. Yeah, it's or... literally money. That's all it is. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I was always yes. <coughs> I think we between me and Ryan, we have. <laughs> I was going that. <laughs> uh, Listen, that's what the young boys. Um, but I do think that, you know, there's always this stupid with, oh, Xbox versus Sony and this rubbish. I think the more games you have in your life, the better. There are loads of great games on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm um and yes these days exclusives seem to be harder to hold on to like stray and stuff like that but actually you know not that i've got time to play a lot of playstation games to be quite honest but i know you know brands played all sorts from horizon to god of war to the spider-man game so i think if you're happy to spend the money and you think it's a good price i will definitely go for it it just means that you're gonna have to make sure you've ring fenced your review game times for neil that's all yeah
2: yeah, that's the problem. Uh, I can't remember the last time I bought a game just because I thought I'd like to play that, mm. because there's just literally no time. But I'm I'm worried that video games are going to feel like work more yeah. than an escape
0: from work. Do you know what I mean? I think you should do it if you can if you can afford because you've got I I'm going to say games that I think you should do Returnal. I think it's ps 5 good. Yes. So that's really, really good. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. That'd be very cheap now as well. We can probably get it in the thing. The Final Fantasy games, you've got the remakes of seven, you've got the new sixteen, you've got the new Final Fantasy Part Two thing coming out in March. Um mans are very good. Spider Man one and two. Um God of War, of course. Uh,
2: yeah. I told you not to mention God of War, I'm still sore about <laughs> oh, that. Sorry, Triggered.
0: Um, <laughs> you, you hate the Last of Us, but the Last of Us Two is a fantastic game, um, and there's a remake of that coming out in January. <laughs> for the no yeah. yeah. no or, for
1: original games yeah. now because it's three now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got <laughs> all those <laughs> Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort of look yeah. through Horizons, Forbidden West, which is good fun. Um, I did enjoy that one. Have you played Demon Souls? Did you get that on the PS4? Did you play
2: that? Uh, no, you couldn't. You can't get it on the ps Four. Oh, yeah, you
0: got that to I play
2: think it as the well, launch. Yeah, I think. yeah it was, it's PS3 or PS5. You, you
0: can't got, get it on the 4. You got Uncharted, which is you can get the PS5 collection of all those games. Mm. It's good fun.
2: I um, played those when I had a PS3 and I didn't think much of them.
0: What about Ghost of Tsushima? Tsushima, I think I'll love that.
2: Ghost of Satsuma, I've played no, that one.
0: You played that one. There you go. <laughs> You've got things to play. you got loads of games. Death Stranding, that's a good game.
2: Um, yeah, that's, isn't that? Oh, that's on the PC, isn't it? It's not on the Xbox. No, it's
0: on the yeah, it's on the PlayStation. No. I say, yeah. do it, Paul. No. Do it, and then you get sick of it. Mm.
1: Do it. You'll never get time to mm. complete all the games anyway. So, no. but it's You're good. No, to know. that's it's true. running out
0: it's nice. I know what you mean because I, sometimes I think I get it when I'm when I've got the PlayStation. At the moment, I've got Spider-Man 2, so I can go on there and I'm not distracted. When I go on the Xbox to play something. I said, Alan, wait, two. I then go, I should be doing a review game. And I suddenly go onto one of those. So I have a kind of like, I need to be looking at that. So it's mm-hmm. sometimes good to have a console switched on that you go, actually, I'm not doing anything review wise on it, <laughs> except playing it. Until Neil gets the PlayStation Hub.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> there is another exactly. option, Paul. Maybe you should submit a flexible working request to HR and see what they say. Yeah. Go to, to the Xbox Hub HR correct
2: yeah. or, or to my to my hr whatever works so i don't think the xbox hub hr does i don't <laughs> think they exist to be fair they're like fairies and unicorns <laughs> they're nice to think about but they're not actually real
0: yeah. um let's have a little chat about some other bits of news um what are you going to do Paul? have you made a decision yeah us, well no uh, because you way.
2: guys have been absolutely no help oh. so. we said do, it. We <laughs> do, said do it. it i know you said do it but oh it's such a dilemma i feel like is it nelly that some dilemma
0: yeah anyway Good.
2: <laughs> another, another target kids, so. uh, yeah
0: <laughs> um let's talk about this um little article about the series x and s sales that have in this article it says they've collapsed in Europe. Um it's it's I didn't realise it. I thought they were doing all right. Um but they've they've not had a great time in Europe this year. And I think the hardware stuff is down by twenty three percent year to date. Um have you had a look at this article? Is it is it as bad as it looks or is it just about where we are?
2: I think America? it's it's just clickbait to be fair right um it's just yeah I, I wouldn't put too much credence into it um so yeah i mean it might be down but you know we're in a cost of living crisis so yeah i thought it was you know really everybody's oh, not yeah. i
0: don't know i heard it it's even...
2: they're not going to be spending a fortune are they no. so no. um but yeah i i don't think that um the fella at the head of um xbox phil spencer is sweating just yet darren
1: what are your thoughts um i i I think it's wrong to just dismiss it like it is it is newsworthy i think but it all depends on how much of the strategy is tied up in hardware and we seem to have had a good indication that xbox are moving away from traditional ways of playing games and diversifying as much as possible and they are attached to microsoft which are huge so i don't think it should spark any sort of concern or panic but you know i think it is still quite a big drop in terms of hardware and it'll just be interesting to see if that changes the direction of travel Mm. or any sort of plans that xbox have got i can't imagine it will because i imagine they've budgeted for this because the way they've gone after cloud gaming and game pass and stuff like that but um yeah i don't think it's particularly surprising or worrying but it is still newsworthy i think
0: i mean it's taken it's probably taken if it's the year to date so it's probably taken into sort of like the first what eight months of that year before mm-hmm. Starfield and before Forza and before the the sort of autumn, which is being quite a strong showing for Game Pass, which probably sells consoles as well. So it'd be interesting to see that in two parts to see if it's picked mm-hmm. up a lot since mm-hmm. then. Um, let's have another look at something else. This is an interesting one because um, I reviewed this game. I think Immortals of Avium um, came out in August. And they sadly um their sales are quite poor and they um have lost a lot of their staff, had to let a lot of staff go. Um, which is which is very sad. But they talked about um that they their window was quite busy, they didn't realise that Borders Gate three was gonna be so popular. Um and, you know, you talk about marketing as well. When you're committed to a date, all the marketing is aimed at that and you can't like, just change dates around and everything. What, what do we think about this, about that that time? They did change a date around, though, didn't they? I thought it was going to be coming out in July and they moved it to August, didn't they? That's so why it doesn't make any sense. Um, mm. Didn't they, Is that right? They did, didn't they? It was meant to be July or June or something and then they moved it to the end of August and they didn't realise. So I thought, I don't believe that.
2: I'm sure you've got all the facts at your fingertips there. I always have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a bit of a strange excuse, if I'm honest. We didn't expect Baldur's Gate 3 to be big. Mm. Well, you know, the other two have been massive, so why would the third one be any different? That just seems like bad planning, if I can be harsh for a minute. Um, but you know, I mean, was, was the game worth it in the end? What did you give it when you reviewed
0: it? I gave it a four. I, was, I really enjoyed it. It was, yeah. yeah it's Is really... that
2: the one where it's like a, a first person shooter with magic? Exactly. Yeah. Is that yeah, the one? Yeah. So you've got yeah. different magic in different hands. Yeah. Cause I thought that looked quite good. It's really good. But I've not noticed a hole in my life that I haven't played it. So. we, well,
0: I, I, th- I think the busy thing was, you know, Starfield was like a week away, Bollarscape was there, and then we're off into the autumn, and it's like, mm-hmm. it easily gets lost in that time. I think if they were released in July, or June, <laughs> they might have done better, maybe, because <laughs> it was quite quiet then. I think this is the whole thing about the release schedule. I've, we've talked about this really early on in the podcast. I'm a, I just, I've always believed it's such a weird thing that we're still stuck on this September to December kind Of, like, let's throw all the games in there, and it's been really interesting this year where we had a few games that have just gone actually, we're, we're pulling it out, we're going to January, February time, and they've been honest about it, saying mm. because it's too crowded. Even Alan Wake 2 moved
1: to the end of the month to get away from Spider Man, is that right? It is, yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah, yeah, two weeks, I think it was. Mm. But I, I do, I am inclined to agree with Paul. I think I understand that it's difficult. Blimey, do, uh, do we want to notify know, the papers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i do think that it is a bit of a strange um dare i say a bit of a whinge i mean for two reasons the first reason is that uh Baldur's gate 3 was a sleeper hit but you get them every year depending on the release schedule and it's not a direct competition because it's not the same type genre of game so i i feel like that's doesn't quite stack up and also I wonder how difficult it would have actually been to delay it if they'd have really kind of thought about it with enough foresight because we all knew this game was going to be massive. We all knew that games had been pushed because of COVID and mm. stuff as well. So I think it's just unfortunate. It is an unbelievable year for games and there are so many good games that have come out. Um, I think, you know, it's a bit of a case of, well, that's just the way it goes sometimes. I don't think kind of moaning about it is is like they've been treated as unfairly compared to you know other games it's just the way it goes sometimes i think also it's we're at a
0: point now it's really hard for them to gauge this though it's like we've got now what in november we've got sort of three weeks with no big releases have we
1: doesn't feel like it so it's we had
0: call of duty that came out at the start of november but there's nothing huge in this month so it's really interesting isn't it i mean they can't they can't anticipate this, can they? Because they don't know when certain games are going to get released and they move. But it there does there does seem to be gaps in the year when you go well, there isn't anything else. <laughs> and if you would have had mm-hmm. a a triple A game or a double A game like um, Immortals Avenue, a new IP going in there, it would it would have probably done quite well. Mm, but yeah. at that point, no. So I always think the July August time when no one puts games out because of the summer holidays, because that old school thought process, you know that only kids play games. Yeah, it used to be you know, movie titles. Yeah, so, it just... Mm. No, put in something there. You'll do, yeah. well. <laughs> mm, <laughs> so yeah. do well. It's going to do well. Yeah, there we go. And I think this kind of links on to... I think um, Neil's put this on about actually then games that do get released. Um, and he made a thing about the recent one with Tintin, which is quite an interesting thing that came out. And... Uh, Tinted when they came out, was their kind of release. Tintin, reporter, uh, Cigars of the Pharaoh. And they said, despite best efforts, those who played the game at launch won't be able to rejoin the experiences as it was intended to be. We're committed to fixing this situation in a prompt manner. We're going to deliver the patches in the next couple of weeks. What do we think then about games? Of course, which is going back to the Immortals one, about they've got their day. They've got their kind of marketing and stuff, but the game is ready, but they're still going to release it in a bad shape. Um... And they're going to they're gonna fix it. This is happening more and more, isn't it, with certain games? Gollum being one mm. of them, even though Gollum never got any better. But it's... <laughs> it,
1: it, it's. Uh, do you think... Even Alan Wake had its, had its little mm? issues on the Xbox, mm-hmm. didn't it? And yeah. my sound cut out every now and then. Mm. Um, but I think that back in the day, and I know I hark on about why can't everything just be on a disc and put it in and play it and not have to download <laughs> 100 gigabytes and expansion cards and cost an arm and a leg and stuff back in the day you didn't have an option you had to have it right for release it had to be right because if you ship something on a disc and it was bad you couldn't patch it you know if it was really bad maybe you go for like a recall or exchange or whatever i know nintendo sent out some um they they it was technically a patch it was in the early days i think it was for um zelda skyward sword there was a way of you getting stuck in the game and you couldn't get out and it would basically you wouldn't be able to continue at all so they 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 had like the channel on the Wii, that was a very early version of patching. But I think now it's a bit of a well, we can just patch it. And I don't know whether it's because like we're talking about of immortals, they need to hit a date because they're gonna lose money on marketing. So they think, oh we'll just they weigh up the, the ups and downs and think, we'll just go for it and we'll patch it. But the problem this year especially is that if they don't get it right quickly, it just sinks and it's gone and you've lost your opportunity. Yeah. Um so I'm a bit old-fashioned in terms of if you say it's going to be ready and release it, like put you know, there's only one. There's only one chance to make a first impression, and I think you should lead with the best. So, yeah.
0: Paul, any more thoughts on that?
2: um, Again, this is getting worrying, but I'm in almost complete agreement with what does. Wow, cross-party support. Um, It's it's very odd, isn't it? (laughs) I'm not sure I like this feeling. Um, The yeah, I mean, basically. Like he says, you get one chance if you play the game and it's an absolute joke from the beginning. Then you're not going to bother with it. There's going to be another game coming along next week. Mm. Yeah, well, Redfall's not quite as bad an example as you think it is. Um, Redfall was a good game and I enjoyed that. (laughs) I'm glad you did. I I did. Anyway, um, Redfall was good, but I mean, you see it (laughs) more often these days. Yeah, yeah you completely have my train of thought has fallen off the bridge and crashed into a school. Um, the oh, honestly, Darren, <laughs> hang on, I'm, I'm trying to drag my thought back from wherever they've run okay off to. First I was talking about first, yes, first impressions. The point I was going to make was that you don't, you've never used to see apologies on Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days from the developers going, "Yeah, we know the game's a bit shit, but." Bear with us and we'll make it all right, you know. Well, no, just you can't, can you? If you've got so much faith in your game that you release it, release it so it works. Don't release it and then go, yeah, yeah, it's a bit rubbish, but you know what, it'll be all right. We'll 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 release a 100-gig patch. I mean, how many games do you see these days with a day-one patch of multi-multi-gigs? You know, it's just. I think I'm going to. Lazy is what it is, Gareth. I agree
0: with you both, but I think the difference is, and I'm going to be on the developer side here. The the biggest thing is, like, especially on some of the double A games, it's when they go, um, Starfield and Bethesda can afford to go. We're going to take a year to get this right because they can afford Mm -hmm. to pay everyone. The smaller developers or the new developers will go. They want to release it because they need the money in quickly before they do anything. I don't think it's right, but that's probably why they do it, so they can get actual sales coming in and money coming in, and then they can can continue to survive. Because so many companies are just going under straight away now as well, or they're having problems, or they're letting people go.
2: Well, I mean, that's that's a reasonable argument. I can understand why they do that. But if they release a game in such poor shape, I'm with you on that. Then oh, the, yeah. the next time that they release another game, totally nobody's agree. going to be queuing up going, Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to play that game from developer XYZ. Their last game was great. Yeah. So, you know, it's you've everybody's got their own favorite developers. Yeah. But released in broken ass games is not the way to be anybody's favorite developer.
0: No. There you go. Good. Um, There's a couple of little um, other bits of news. We know that uh, (laughs) Ark Survival is out now on Xbox. (laughs) Um, Yeah, woo. uh, uh, It's just dropped. It's there to play, I think. I don't know if it must be on Game Pass. You can get it down there. Um, I'm sort of looking at Twitter. Someone said, got to be honest, as much as the PC sucked when it came out, this Xbox release version seems to be very stable. Five hours of gameplay, not one disconnect. Wow. I don't know what the rest of them are saying, but yeah, it's uh, it's out there, it's ready to go. So we'll get maybe some thoughts on that next week. Um, We've all oh, had a go at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think hey, you
2: might great. have some thoughts uh, on
0: it. Again, uh, uh, it? <laughs> so uh, all you and there's some delayed news there. Prince of Persia is uh, gets a little update. It's not dead in the water. What's going on there? Yay. With
1: excited about it Um, yeah so i know a few months ago we were talking about um ubisoft and what's happening there uh, and what isn't happening Uh, but they've come back and said that the sands of time remake it was rumored to be dead but they they said something um just before their ubisoft forward a few months ago saying um basically it exists but it's not going to be the showcase and there's just a further kind of confirmation of that saying they they passed a, an important internal milestone and it's very much in development and um, so that's the sands of time remake prince of persia and obviously they've got the other one the kind of platformer one coming out uh, in january i think it is um so that that bodes well because that's a project i think a lot of people are excited about obviously what that means for other projects, we don't know, because we've got skull and bones that's on the internal, merry <laughs> we go round of hell. Um, and that's also, not, that game's not coming so out. Holding out hope for Yeah, and uh, that's um, never people, coming either. I know you'll fuck me for it, but I very much want to see that. But no, I think it's it's good news because I think a lot of people feared a lot of projects were just getting the chop from Ubisoft as they seem to be at, well, I don't know what they're doing these days to be honest. I can't even remember the last game they released, which is probably bad, but
0: it's yeah. good to use anyway. good, and then the Knights of the old Republic remake playstation led something with that's uh thats, that's had some weird rumors, but it's alive apparently still you know one said it's dead uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't know if that's ever going to come out or if it might be a while, but apparently it's, it's, it's people are still working on it so two people still doing it. <laughs>
1: it was it's just very been, odd, yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a very it, it was fan favorite and everyone yeah. was really excited but it was dropped and all of a sudden now it's kind of a bit of a it's like it feels like it's the bus from the end of the challenge on dangling over the cliff <laughs> and it couldn't go off yeah. or it might get saved like you just yeah. don't know which way it's going to go don't know what's
0: going to happen we'll find out more but that's that's our news what are we looking forward to gentlemen next week um what about you Paul what are you looking forward to anything um
2: Next week, all I've got to look forward to. I'm staring down the barrel of a, uh, a long week at work. Um, that's about it. I mean, cool. it's Christmas time, which maybe a, is absolute hell in the branches.
0: Maybe a PS five. Um, PS five. You might be looking for
2: may, maybe a PS five to, uh, to to help solve my uh, fevered brow after uh my brain is still not working after darren managed to derail it quite spectacular um well, but yeah maybe a ps5 um then. well no because you'd lose anyway <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: Darryl, what about you what are you looking forward to
1: uh so um yes it's black friday weekend so it will be very busy at work um but i'm looking forward to the as i said earlier the doctor who 60th anniversary special starts on saturday So the old showrunner, Rusty Davis is back in charge. David Tennant's back. Catherine Tate's back. It's back on Saturday nights. It just feels like the kind of injection of a life it needs after the last few years. So I'm very excited about that. Great. Is it just
2: another remake? No, it's not a remake. There seems to be a
1: lot of it about these days. It's just just a... um, I think it's a bit of a kind of callback for a lot of previous characters and stuff because it's an anniversary special and then they're gonna launch into the new Doctor for the Christmas special as well. So there's gonna be four episodes over the next month or so which will be good. Good. Woo. Um I've got nothing to look forward
0: to game wise maybe i are gonna play some more Spider Man too. I'm quite enjoying it myself a bit now. And uh, it's picked up I like it a lot. Um um now if we need to get a hold of you, where do we get a hold of you down?
1: Uh, I'm on um, what the format that's previously known as Twitter at 27baron. And what about you, Paul? I am on X and
2: Threads and my <laughs> handle. Stop laughing! Threads gets handle me every is. Time. I don't know why. Threads is great. Uh. It, 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 like I say, it's like Twitter if it wasn't full of um. Elon Musk. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, my handle is at XboxBugPaul. Good.
0: They can find me NGB Bridey and all the, all the, all the things. Um, but for now, gentlemen, thank you very much, and we're MySpace and everything. Everything MySpace. Uh, OnlyFans. Bebo. Bebo OnlyFans. Oh,
2: God, I looked on Gareth's OnlyFans one time.
0: Never again. I'm yeah. still scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, gentlemen, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. You've been listening to the official podcast of thexboxhub.com. You'll be able to find all the notes for this show at com slash podcast. You can also check out our social feeds on Instagram and Twitter at The Xbox Hub and
3: search for The Xbox Hub on Facebook.